Welcome to Mouthful with Shanti. This is episode five. Thank you so much for tuning in. I always appreciate your support. I'm really excited for this episode today because we have comedian, actor, and drag performer David Shapiro. And in this episode, we talk about how gender and sexuality are not necessarily dependent on each other because David is straight, but also a drag performer. So here we go. Please give it up for David Shapiro. Thank you. I'm Thank so you. used to hosting comedy shows that for it comes sure, yeah. Out. You want it, yeah. I actually, I want, I, I, I think it's great that you knew, you know, you know three of my four names. You know Suzette's whole name. Why don't you tell uh, our listeners who Suzette is before we move forward? Uh, so I, I do drag, and uh, and Suzette is my name when I'm in drag, and uh, I'm an actor. You mentioned that, and so when I, I wanted, I wanted to fully figure out who that character was. Um, I don't I don't know if that's normal or not. I don't know if other drag performers do that. No, that seems totally normal. I I mean, I've heard about Leonardo DiCaprio getting into role. Like For sure. getting fully into that character, immersing yourself, therefore being able to become that person. Oh, like method acting. And I'm yeah. I'm a, like I I'm a method actor. I guess did that get what got you into drag and how did acting play a role in that? <clears throat> um, I think I was always just fascinated by it. So my grandfather had a famous uh, female impersonator, a poster of, of that person in and out of drag in his garage. And I remember seeing it and being like, what? That that man can't be that woman? That's crazy. As an actor, I would look at drag, because I can transform you know, how, how I talk or how I walk or how I act or my mood. I can change any of those things as an actor. Um, but I can't change what I look like. Mm -hmm. And so I get, when I was acting more, I would get cast a lot based on how I look, which that's the, that's one of the ways to cast people that you have to cast people, um, sometimes. And it was just really cool to me that drag performers going back to that poster could completely change their appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how much, and so I guess I used to wonder like how much. How believable can that be? If if you're an actor and you can change your appearance, can people believe that you're that person? So what things, like what additive things have you added to your repertoire of getting ready to become um, uh, Suzette that you feel like help you become that person? I feel like I'm Suzette when when everything's on. Okay. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty standard for actors. I do feel like you have a pretty iconic Suzette I like I feel like the eye makeup looks pretty like Thanks. recognizable like that is your vibe it could be different colors or whatever but I still feel the wings like is it the wings it's the yeah it's the wings yeah and and my drag mom taught me how to do that it's well, like quite I, iconic drag mom I am not drawing those on I'm I'm over overshadowing and then erasing and using the the negative space to create that smoky eye with the wings that's kind of it's a good staple to have. Yeah. How did Suzette come about? How did you create her? What made you transition from acting to um, becoming her? Oh, we should use. We should be careful with the word transition when talking about it. You know what? You're right. Yeah. How did you embark on the journey of beginning drag as a performance? Um, so, and how did you create Suzette? Right. So I'd always been interested in it, and. Um, I, I met I met I met my drag mom. Um, I wrote a script 
uh, for a movie because I, I was an actor and everyone said you have to write your own. And I lived in Sacramento. There's not a lot of movies happening there. Mm-hmm. So I was I was writing, trying to write scripts that I could then make a film that I could use as a vehicle to be in myself. And um, one of the scripts I wrote was this really great script. It sounds, if I don't explain the whole thing, it sounds super hokey. But basically, it's it's one of those scripts where a, a guy has to be, he has to pass as a woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's to it's, achieve something, right? It's, and it it's kind of Shakespearean mm-hmm. um, in its in its follies. Yeah, it's not like a serious script. I think drag and theater have some commonalities actually, oh, totally. and so in regards to allowing anyone to become a character if they can become that character. Yeah. I think that's that's at least that's an actor thing, and I think it is a drag thing. At least that's what drag for me. That's the way I because drag is different for so many people. But um, for me, it's about creating that fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, can I convince everyone that I am that character? And either way, in as Suzette or as another character. Mm-hmm. And then, I, so how did you come about with creating her? I know that right. you told me in the past that. Yeah. Sorry. I I we I got lost in No, the... no worries. I know you told me in the past that you and and your ex-wife created mm-hmm. Suzette. We Tell did. So that. so I wrote that script. I met my drag mom um and then I I was going to move to LA um cuz I wasn't getting any acting work and then I had a nocturnal seizure. Um so I couldn't drive. So I couldn't drive back and forth to LA uh and sleep in my car cuz I wouldn't have a car. So uh, she said, you should do stand-up because I had done it once. I think that's pretty common for comics. You do it once and then you don't do it again for a while. I thought it was like acting. I did it and it was a really great set. Like for, honestly, for a first for a first set ever, it's like solid. Yeah, like I've watched I felt it again. the same. I started and I just hit the ground I'm running. like, this is, this is good. This yeah. was a hot five. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I went home for the next 18 months and waited for people to book me. I didn't know you had to keep doing it and networking. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought people booked you. Um, so that was before the seizure. And then I had the seizure and she said, why don't you do stand-up again? I think what happened was I think she was cheating on me and she wanted me out of the house. Um, but <laughs> so I started walking to open mics and then I was starting seriously. I was, I was really trying to start doing stand-up comedy, but I didn't know how so I started watching videos of people, not to like steal anything, mm-hmm. but just, okay, who's this person and, and what are they joking about and how do they do it? And how would I do my version of what they're doing mm-hmm. and, and my own jokes, but be my, are, what what's their stage presence like? Mm-hmm. And so when then I'm writing jokes, you know, when you start comedy, you start writing your jokes out and I don't know if you use any of them, but <laughs> some of them I still use, some of them I'm like, this isn't even a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I'd write a page or, or two for jokes for me. And then I'd have a, just a quick thought of like, a, oh, this would be a joke for a drag queen. Yeah. And then I'd go back to mine and I'd write another two pages. Oh, this is another joke for a drag queen. You know, I feel that. I feel that because sometimes when I'm living life, mm-hmm. I'll be like, this would be a good joke for, you know, the person I'm dating, the man I'm dating from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that to be like... Oh, like if I was a dude, this would be a joke I would say about the woman, me, I'm dating that does this thing mm-hmm. about, you know, pooping or whatever she does, you know, and and I could see now you have that is a... That's funny. That's how men talk. Yeah. Pooping or whatever she does in the bathroom. <laughs> 
I think it's weird when people don't talk about pooping. <laughs> oh, I love talking about pooping. It's my favorite no, thing I in know. the world. I know. Like, that's how I know, like, we're going to be friends. I saw my friend today, and I had it, and she went on a trip, and she's she just came back today, and she was like, I took a good poop today. And I'm like, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. And I just, in my head, I'm like, it's so funny, because she knows she can open up to me like it's that. It's just so, like, everybody does it. I mean, I know the book says that, but, like, I don't know. Like, my ex and I, uh, she worked with a, a, a woman who, they were, in, she was in a couple, and they believe this they didn't acknowledge that the other one pooped like they wouldn't oh, wow. even they just pretended like they didn't know what they were doing it's they were so like crazy. oh she's they would be like oh where's she going they'd be like i don't know my ex-wife would kill me if i said this but i don't care because she's my ex also i would have said it when we were married but like sometimes she'd be like can you come keep me company while i poop <laughs> i'd be like yeah for sure because i'm just like we're still hanging out you know like <laughs> Oh, now I we're just, just sitting in a different room, uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> I I understand the needing company, you know? Like, I've had my dog in there hanging out, you know? that's nice. It's nice to have some emotional support while you're right. pooping. Well, and I've cell been phones on the weren't phone. always what they I, are now. And I've been on the phone before while pooping. Oh, so yeah, do you mute like, it? Um, no. No? No, I just go all out. If we're already here, we're already here. You're going to hear everything. Mm. Um, I'm interested to understand in a community of predominantly gay men mm-hmm. uh um yeah are are you do you experience any othering um well uh so i'm i'm othered a lot and mm-hmm. and and i don't know i'm not, i don't mean by others no pun intended but i you know i'm um i'm a jewish person living in a a non-jewish world i'm a, a, a when i was going to high school i went I, i'm from a black community on the south side of chicago mm-hmm. and i'm i'm not black um, I played on the football team. I was not, I was the only not black person, uh, one year that was on the, so you're team. used to being, I'm used to being other. I was, all my friends in high school were girls mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, even amongst Jews, I'm, I'm half Italian. Yeah. That's, that's other, you know, I'm not, I'm yeah. not quite them. Um, so it's, I did ballroom dance in college. There aren't yeah. many men that do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm just used to being not. In the majority, it's very weird when I find myself in a majority. Um, well, awesome! I'm glad that then you're equipped with kind of those tools to be able to maybe challenge that binary in this way to I, I, be that's prepared. A, that's a way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. kind of. It kind of just made sense, and I'm equipped for it. Yeah, awesome. When I created Suzette, um, w- along with my ex-wife. Uh, I decided she wasn't Jewish. My ex-wife tried to make because she picked her name. She picked Suzette's name, and she said Suzette Goldberg. Mm. And I said, no, absolutely not. You know, but I, I had a rule where things were canon if you said it. So I was like, that's her. Ma- that's her married name. Yeah. That's it. Who would name their child Suzette Goldberg? What? What is he, that? Is that a bad? Does that sound what off? monster? Yes. It's like you. It because our. If you're a Goldberg, then you're Jewish, right? Totally. And you're gonna give your Jewish child a French name? Okay. Like that's just a weird. It's a weird choice. Is it? And it doesn't not... sound good, Suzette Goldberg. <laughs> so I, I, I wanted there to be a distinction between who I am mm-hmm. and who she is, because I want I didn't want to just use her to. I'm, that's not me. You, you know? know that makes me think. So when you say 
you want there to be a distinction mm -hmm. between who you are and who she is. That makes me think about your performance of gender mm -hmm. while being you, David, which I have found um, in the time that I've known you, your performance of masculinity isn't over. But then I think about Suzette and I think about the femininity that's just exuding out. So I guess I wanted you to talk more about that, you know, how you perform your gender as you, David, and where you draw from, I guess, that that makes you not subtle in your performance of gender when Suzette. Well, first off, thank you. First, Firstly, for like just, you know, noticing that I don't need to be like a macho dude, but also that you complimenting my acting skills by saying that she exudes femininity. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't, I don't think, I don't think I do as, as a, just a normal straight guy. Mm -hmm. um, it was, that was another way I felt kind of other growing up was like, mm -hmm. I looked at guys and I was like, I don't, I don't want to build a car and drink beer. Yeah. Like, I don't want to like, bah, and like hit yeah. each other. Like that's not. So I was, I guess I was confused if I'm being honest and you know, I was confused. Like, all right, if that's a man, what am I? Mm -hmm. But like, I'm also a man. I just didn't know. Obviously, I did know. I, I saw men that weren't like, you know, smashing antlers together. But like, I felt like that's what society said a man was. Gender is just a collection of performances and totally a regurgitation of what you, how you feel. It's how you want to present yourself based on how you feel, based on what you know. Because you totally. can change that. It's fun. I think I draw from a lot of different things to exude that femininity obviously is not innate to me mm -hmm. but i think what's i think what's interesting is um i i can do it right what people have you come across that perform femininity in ways where you're like oh i think i think i might hold on to that that uh, seasoning or that spice for what uh with suzette um, are there any women that influence that femininity it's hard to say if like i can pinpoint like I, I at one point I, I i decided she would only be seen in in stiletto heels because mm -hmm. my great aunt only ever and then it was just one day after brunch at punchline in sacramento where i went up and down the stairs um six seven times yeah. in stilettos and i was like this is dumb no one's even here <laughs> i'm bringing sneakers and so th at then at that point suzette had cute sneakers mm -hmm. so people and that I kind of got from my wife because she had cute sneakers and they were actually yeah. her sneakers. Yeah. I literally got the cute sneakers from her because she had left me at that point and left her sneakers. No, that's great. So, um, and now were... you're being smart as yeah. Suzette would be. Oh, for be. sure. Um, I, I think um, I think probably more influenced than I know by Fran Drescher because mm -hmm. The Nanny was such a great show, mm -hmm. especially for me as a Jewish person. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I uh, at this point, I'm not sure if it's outside influence or, you know, because Suzette's as a character has existed for I've been I've been performing as Suzette for six years mm -hmm. this month. Um, but as a character, she's existed two more years, eight years, nine years, nine years. So I think who the character is informs decisions. And when I'm her and I want to exude girliness femininity um it's just you see people do things and it's like you said you tilt your head or you go mm, or you know 
sometimes, you know, I go like this with my hair. Sometimes, you know, oh, you I do, do just a little hair for sure movement or even just sometimes when you're sitting, I actually try to not sit super feminine just to take up more space. Mm. So even when I'm sitting, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to sit more masculine. So I'll sit with my legs a little, a little wider. Right. You know. Oh, see, I, I definitely dip. am trying to sit more feminine. So it's, yeah. it's just the things that you know. Mm-hmm. That you pick up just that, through right. how our society has <clears throat> right. if deemed you, it appropriate. Right. If 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 it's something that I wouldn't do when I'm trying to present masculine, then I, oh, then it's on. It's game now. It's it's good. You know, a lot of times people associate drag with the assumption that the man performing drag is gay, mm-hmm. and you are heterosexual. Damn. And so you know, I guess you know what? How did you navigate? Oh, how are you navigating the drag world being a straight man? What is the um, response you're getting from other people in the community? Um, your drag mother is sounding like a very supportive person, but what are some other experiences? Um, I, I, so the performers I perform most with are incredibly supportive, mm-hmm. and 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 they are my drag family. You know, my drag aunt, my drag grandmother. She will absolutely kill me for saying that. I'm not going to say her name. Um, but uh, I have a couple drag aunts, and and they like I couldn't feel more loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my, I think my my closest friends in in the queer community and and in the drag community consider me queer because it is by definition queer that as a straight man I do drag, mm-hmm. right? Which is the intention of this episode is to kind of um, shed light on the distinction between uh, gender, which is a performance through a repetition of actions that we do in through makeup, through clothing, uh, behavior, through our body, mm-hmm. and then sexuality, which is erotic tendencies, something that turns us on. Those things don't necessarily need to be connected. How do you feel that your performance of gender and your wife's performance of gender both influenced your marriage? And then I guess how did drag getting thrown into that influence it um i think so we're naturally my ex-wife and i are both kind of gender neutral mm-hmm. uh, in how we present to the world mm-hmm. um if anything i think sometimes she enjoyed presenting a little more masculine um but that didn't bother me because i loved her as a person um i didn't need her to be extra girly um, and I'm sure you said she was a lawyer or is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so performing in that male dominated arena, I'm sure it helps. It does. Um, and I mean, we, we actually used to talk, we coached mock trial at UC Davis. Um, so the way a, a, a female attorney, a woman attorney presents herself, you can, you can, you can take, you know, the path where you're kind of like ditzy and like cutesy, but it's, it's, I don't know. I, I like the way my wife did it for her mm-hmm. more. Um, I don't really think that's an effective route that that'd be like being an alpha, an alpha male as a lawyer, like yeah. and being like, yeah, bro, find my, find my defendant innocent. Like that's it's not, annoying. that's not going to score a lot of points with a jury or a judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did. I think it helped her. I know it helped with clients. I know she had clients that really liked that she would go out drinking with them and she'd cuss and they could cuss around her. So I think that helped her. I think I think in our marriage it, it worked. 
um, that we were both gender neutral because she could be a little more masculine and I didn't care. I could, I could let her, I could be the small spoon, you know, that's fine. Um, she could be a little more feminine and I'll pick up that slack because I don't, I don't mind being masculine. I think when I started doing drag, which I think ironically is a really, I don't know if I want to say it's a masculine thing to do. It's a self-confident thing to do. And I think we perceive self-confidence, at least in men, we perceive it as masculine, Mm -hmm. right? Like if a man is self-confident, we're like, oh, he's a man. Um, And I think you have to be pretty self-confident to to do that, to to do drag a lot. I wouldn't even put it even on a gender. I just think being confident is is being in that space where you can play with gender in that way. Right. Yeah. Because you know who you are. Mm -hmm. You're not scared of 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 being misread or misunderstood. Yeah. Because you go, you're like, I know who I am. Um, I think I think that did. I think a couple things affected my marriage. I think. I think Suzette's introduction into my marriage did because Suzette is so femme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I'm speculating here, so if my wife is watching, I want her to know I'm not speaking on her behalf. Um, but I think I think she felt a little pushed out of that gender-neutral circle that we were both in. Mm-hmm. And I think she subconsciously or consciously had to figure out if she wanted to be more masculine to counter that or if she didn't like it and wanted to go back to gender neutrals or if she wanted to be the feminine one. And I think, I think based on the fact that she, cause I'm a small Jewish man and the guy she dated before me was a skinny Jewish man. And the guy for him was a skinny country boy who wanted to be a city boy. Um, and then after me, she got with this like really dumb, like, truck driving hunting deer trump supporting like and he's big he has no neck like he works out so much he has no neck like come on you're you're a you're a stereo you're like nine stereotypes yeah um and then she had a baby right away which is something she wasn't sure anymore that she wanted to do when we were did they have a gender reveal party i'm not sure if they did but i wouldn't be surprised i would imagine that the new dude if it was, if it is a boy, mm-hmm. was probably like, it's, it's a boy. A it's a boy. And Betty was like, ah. yeah, it's a boy. <laughs> ah, headbutts people. Um, but I think, I think she felt like she needed to reaffirm her femininity um, because the person that she was married with was like, oh, look how feminine I can be. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I, I don't know. We've never talked about it. She never yeah. really gave me closure. I don't know if she knows, um, but everything I've learned about gender. Um, uh, from doing drag and then from listening to like I listened to a podcast with the the um, the creator of Transparent mm-hmm. and she learned a lot making that series um, so it just kind of informs I've been trying to piece together like why my marriage fell apart and that kind of makes sense so so then now that okay so we are maybe exploring the idea, even though your ex-wife isn't here, exploring the idea of maybe your, you know, performance of femininity through Suzette may have felt challenging because, you know, she's like, how am I supposed to perform my gender now? More masculine, right. more feminine. But then I also wonder, you know, a lot of times when people begin challenging normative ideals in life, 
sometimes it happens within their household structure. Mm -hmm. But you being Suzette happens on a stage in front of everyone to see. How do you feel that openness of performing a non-normative gender expression um, influenced your relational dynamic? Uh, I think, so she really was fine, like kind of being the more masculine, you know, traditional masculine value one. Um, she she was fine making all the money and she was fine, you know, uh, kind of driving the life and conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when I started doing comedy, because people would ask her, what's your husband do? Like, you're this amazing lawyer. What's your husband do? He's an actor. What could I see him in? Nothing, you know, it, commercial where he runs past the camera. It's for Adidas. It was, you can watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He, he's a blur, but you can make out his face a little bit. I think that kind of, I think she wanted me to be more successful. And then when I started doing stand up, what's your husband do? Oh, he does stand up. When can I see him? Oh, you can't, you know, because no one books him. He's new and he's not that good. Um, and then when I started doing drag, it was like, what's your husband do? Now he, now he, now he's a drag performer. Um, because I actually, she probably says drag queen. I don't say drag queen. Um, I say drag princess because it sounds cuter. Yeah. But, and skews younger. <laughs> but um, but uh, I think that then people were like, oh, is he gay? Because people do conflate the two. Yeah. Um, and I think that especially that outward, very open, I'm out here performing in public as this femme persona. I think that probably had she she started working for a law firm that was very image conscious. And if you think about the other ways of ma- like masculinity that you are performing or not performing in their eyes mm-hmm. in regards to oh like accolades that you've achieved in whatever your work like that's very like a male dominated idea it's like your work what are you doing and how What's your status in mm. that space? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like, oh, so what is that? You know, and then it's like, okay, so you're the breadwinner and not him. That's another, I think, performance thing that we um, associate with being a man. And right. so it's like, oh, he's not doing that thing. He's not doing that thing. And now he's doing this other thing, which is another performance thing that challenges our idea of what a man should be. Mm-hmm. And so maybe those ideas of challenging the idea of what a man can be. Yeah, I mean, which is weird because I always felt like I was I was being a really good man by supporting her and her goals and and, you know, and that's just like human. I think the problem is that we associate it with like, what is man? It's like when people ask me anything about man, I'm like, I just want a good human. They can cry when they need to cry. They can. I just want a good human that can you know, be a good human. Well, and I guess I, I say it that way because I, I am a man, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a cisgendered male of my species. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm older than 13 in mm-hmm. my religion. So I'm a man. Um, and I, I think that's why I, I think of that as being the best man I could be. Mm-hmm. Cause to me, that's like saying being the best person I could be, mm-hmm. you know, being the best David I could be, yeah. which was like supporting her in everything she wanted to do. And trying to help her make her dreams come true. Yeah. So one thing we like to ask on this show, um, how can someone love you better? Um, 
I, someone can love me better by uh, being supportive and um, me specifically with with Suzette being part of my life um, kind of knowing when to tell me I'm pretty and knowing when to tell me whatever equivalent for, they want to use for a guy um, or when to hold my door when to let me hold their door um, I, I don't know um, it, love is tough for me so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to answer that because I'm like just, uh, someone could just love me yeah but um, patience, I think, is a good thing too. I, I wish I wish my wife had had more patience, mm-hmm. allowing me to find some footing in, in stand up or drag, and and hopefully find some success. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I think uh, I think that's a, that's a wrap. So yeah, you want me to show my shirt? Just yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Please show the viewers your merch. shirt, Suzette. Yeah, it's her ID. Who we will interview in the future. Everything on here is like an Easter egg joke. Well, awesome. I'm excited for Suzette to explain it to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow us on Spotify and subscribe on YouTube. And we'll check you next time. Have a good one.